what? I love to read. I really do. Me I too. love I love it. I do. I love to read. I love to learn new things when I'm reading. I I like to read for pleasure, but I I really love to learn like to research and and learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Um that fills my bucket for reading. I love mm-hmm. to be informed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, really well informed about, you know, whatever it is that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like going down a research rabbit hole specifically for this podcast, but then like for anything is, is so joyful to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought it was cause I was a nurse, but I meet a lot of people who are not nurses like you who also love research. I, I guess do. researchers probably. And <laughs> so <laughs> science people. Yeah. Like there's I- a lot more people than just like you know, nurses who read research articles. Ah, it's funny. But I mean, I also like, like consumer reports. I'm like, oh, why is this vacuum cleaner so good? (laughs) Okay. So now you lost me. However, (laughs) Sephora product reviews. Okay. Yeah. I will read those for hours. Really? For, yes. I wish I I had hours to read. Um, yes. Well, Mm -hmm. you do not. That is a crime against you and humanity. And uh, I can't wait for the day that you like quit your job like I did. I know. You just need to be less, uh, I guess, fiscally and financially responsible. Those are the same things. You need to be less of a good human person and be more selfish. That's my advice to you. Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer, or you're just a weirdo who's super (laughs) cancer curious, welcome. We hope you enjoy. Because breast cancer is boring, but we, and you, Mm -hmm. are interesting. I love it. Today's the final part in our three-part series in which we explore the trifecta of culturally imposed gender expectations on women that are at once trivial and also literally all there is in life. Good Skin was the first episode, followed by Good Hair with Becca Jean, which you definitely should check out because that was a really good episode. And today, today, the long-awaited <laughs> body episode, good body, whatever the hell that means. But first, <laughs> announcements. It's still a mm. pandemic, and that's all I want to say sure about is. that. Yeah, Mm-mm, that's all no I want to say about that. Vaccines, no more to that's that. all I want to say. Second announcement, we are halfway through the year, and so it's time to check in on our goals that we set at the beginning of this calendar year, the arbitrary resolutions, uh, revolutions. I don't know what I called them. I know I call them something different, and I have forgotten, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's just I mean, it's been six months since then. Exactly. How am I to remember these things? Okay, so here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Number one, I am much better at first-person shooter games on my PS5. Have I been practicing? Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So, like, before practicing, I would, like, run around with a gun and be, like, shooting the air and, like, not understand. Like, there's one one of the controllers, oh, okay. like, kind of just, like, moves you side to side, forward and back, mm-hmm. and the other one is, like, up and down, side to side. Okay, one's forward and back, one's side to side. Anyway, somehow you have to use both thumbs to, like, get your shooter to move and to aim and there's all this other stuff that like it's very complex those those mm-hmm. uh those controllers and I sincerely have not played video games like honestly since we had an Xbox like the original Xbox 
Oh wow! Uh, and I w- and I played Goldeneye, which is still. Um, oh, I remember the, you talking the, about that. The best, the best video game I've ever played in my life. Um, so good. Anyway, I'm way better now. Like I'm oh, way good. better. Like I can shoot. I'm like playing zombie mode. I did a whole campaign of Call of Duty. I am. I'm solid. I would say I'm solid. I could show up to a party, and if this or people playing a PS5, I could jump on there and I can hang. I can hang. I'm not gonna be the star of the show. I'm not gonna be the best teammate, but I can hang. All right. Second That's thing. Awesome. I've read. Thank you. Thank you. Thank that you. I worked awesome. hard. I've practiced many hours. Okay. I have read eleven <laughs> of my target twenty books. Um, and wow. That's a lot. Yes. I mean. Yes. Well. Wow. Reading is great. I do it every day. Um, yeah. So, and I also, I'm going to put out a bonus episode where I give all my reviews so far from other books. I'm going to read my reviews Ooh. from Goodreads. I review nice. every book I read, just like I review every product I buy and every piece of clothing I buy. And I give my measurements to help other people find clothes. Like people, people who leave You are so good. Reviews. Well, See, you're the reviews that I want to read. I want to know. Do I And I, exactly. Like yeah, is it going to fit me? I have a very specific body and like most people do and I want to understand like is my waist and my ass going to fit into this or are one of them going to be, you know, way out of whack as mm-hmm. is usually the case. Um <laughs> yeah, when you buy things, leave reviews and put your measurements in. Um and the size that you bought is my oh, suggestion. Yeah. So important. It's very helpful. Especially I, swimsuit as as, reviews. Oh, oh my gosh, my God, I love yes. those. Especially if people yes. include a picture. I'm like, oh, that's what that looks like. Okay, cool. Yes. And I, I, I'll so put helpful. in like that I have uneven breasts now. I'll put in that I had a deep flap reconstruction because maybe one woman like me is reading that and going, oh, okay, that's going to cover my scar. That's, that's what yeah. I need to know. Like, oh. is it going to cover that, that abdominal scar? Which... um. Only one of my swimsuits. I have one swimsuit. I have one swimsuit. Hmm. I got rid of all the rest. And, uh, well, we'll get into that because that goes into some body issues I'm having. Anyway, the third resolution that I could remember is uh, I cannot remember the other ones. And so I'm going to hazard to guess that those are not going to happen. So better luck next Mm -hmm. year to those. Oh, and finally, Mm -hmm. I can do zero push-ups. Yeah, I can do zero push-ups. What? I can do zero. I haven't uh, been trying that hard, which we're going to get into in this episode because it fills, so. me, fills me with shame and a sense of dread that I will never be able to do push-ups. And then in the case of a real zombie apocalypse and not just a Call of Duty zombie mode ap- apocalypse, mm. um, I will get eaten first, which honestly, yeah, I'm okay with that because- I would rather be a zombie. I would rather be the zombie than the you know mm-hmm. the few people left fighting the other few people, garbage humans that are left for- just to survive. So, right. Um, your, I'm doing pushups for you. Oh God. Um, I'm taking naps for you and you're doing pushups for me. That is is a good exchange. This is, this is how it works. I love this deal. (laughs) This is, this is working great because I was actually just working on my pushups. I mean, I can do pushups, but not like, like the real good ones where your elbows are tucked in. I don't understand that. what you're saying, but oh, but good for so you. I'm converting from like the elbows out push up like this 
like when your okay. elbows are out like that, yeah. to a push-up where your elbows are in. Oh, like, this. like chaturanga. Yes. So, so chaturanga is harder. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, because I've been going to yoga lately, I can get halfway down with chaturanga, but I can't get myself mm-hmm. all the way to the ground. And I certainly can't push myself back up from the ground. Okay, well, that's like almost half a push-up. Okay, so I'm doing half a... So it's not zero push-ups, it's a half a push-up! You're almost there! I'm clapping for myself. (laughs) You had no idea. You were almost there. I didn't know. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, well, how many push-ups can you do at one time? It depends on what kind. So if I do like... The uh-huh. the beginner style push up I could I could do a lot of those I could I mean without stopping I could probably do like twenty. Um, what? But twenty? Yeah. Twenty? Mm-hmm. For sure. Holy but shit. the other style that I'm trying to to master is is a more advanced push up with your elbows back. Um, okay. I. There's not very many of those that I can do. I'm I am really trying. I could probably do like five in a row. Wow. Because I'm really working on my form, you know? Yeah. And that's Yeah. You're trying to do it correctly. I am. And yeah. When I'm really I for me, I feel like it's a little more advanced to keep my elbows back. And it takes a mm-hmm. lot more like I don't know, it's a different muscle group. That I feel when I'm doing it. Yeah. So, um, I have failed miserably at my polishing nails. Uh, <laughs> resolution. I did polish my toenails twice this year. Ooh. Okay. Hey, mm-hmm. that That's, is success. Yeah. I did not. Um. I. I maybe I put a clear coat on my on my nails and my hands. Maybe. Okay. Once. There you go. Um, but that's as far as I got. That's wow. just real. I just feel no like your priorities man. are so much better than mine. What? Well, like I've polished my nails. had nail polish on multiple times and yet can do half a push up. And you're like, yeah, not really, not really painting my nails right now, but I can do 20 push ups. No problem. So, like, you know, I mean, who would I rather be? You. Objectively, <laughs> I, you. I don't know. I'm pretty sure your hands look a lot prettier than mine. I really don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I really don't know about but that. But I have been using my my face cream and stuff on my hands. Um, oh. Like at night when I have a little bit extra. Yes. Like, oh, I'll just slather that on my hands. I bet your I'm hands like, oh. are beautiful. The, the, I bet they're lovely. They're I okay. bet they're just gorgeous. Well, I figure people always say that the skin on your hands is similar to the skin on your face. So I figured mm-hmm. that maybe my hands would like the same sort of treatment that I'm giving my face. I think they Ooh. would. Those By poor the way, hands. Yeah. I'm really liking Tidal. Tidal from you do. Um, uh, Sunday, Sunday Riley. Riley. <sighs> yes. Ooh, it's good. Okay. Yeah. Like, I feel so, girl. Like, like, like moisturized and dewy mm. and I'm like yes oh my god yes. okay all right look I'm gonna it. be poor I can't be buying all this nice stuff anymore it's gonna be rough for me 
I'm not actually going to be poor. But, you know, I took a pay cut. You know, I quit my job. I'm not going to work for three months. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's lost revenue for me. And then I'm going to take about a 20K pay cut a year to be an ER nurse. Which, but to me, don't you have happiness? Don't I have what? Happiness. A penis? Happiness. Oh my God. Oh my God. You cut out. And I thought you said, don't you have penis? And I was like, well, I don't understand how making less money and going to be an ED nurse is going to get me more penis, but I'm listening. What just happened? That went in a really wrong direction. It like cut out twice and I just thought, well, she's doubling down. Oh my God. Um, yes, I hope that I get happiness. Happiness. Oh my God. Lauren. 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 I'm just dying here. The, the, listen to this. The patriarchy goes so deep. Happiness. They just they shove just it in everywhere, don't they? No pun intended. <laughs> yes, pun intended. it was. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> oh, my God. Regroup. Uh, Regroup. Today, we are yes. focusing and we're talking about a good body. Looking hot in accordance with a very narrow set of socially acceptable norms that have a habit of changing over time to reflect what is most unattainable at any given moment. So... Let's do a brief history. A brief Let's history of, of the ideal body, of a good body through the years. So in 2015, BuzzFeed put out a video that went viral. And it's a nice visual recap. There's some, I think, uh, constructive criticism that it's a bit simplistic, maybe. But I think it's a great initial primer. Oh, it's yeah, very, I love it. It's, yeah, it's very visual and it like it, it gets a good it's a good introduction. And then what I would suggest is moving on to a graphic memoir um and historical piece that is titled The Body Issue and it's by Neely Tango and it is perhaps the most thorough look at female body requirements throughout history. Some of the things it outlines the fact that historically a woman's most powerful tool was her body. She used it to achieve social status and security by attracting a male who had all the actual power. Shocker. Mm. Um, So in Victorian England, for example, corsets helped women achieve the hourglass shape that was most desirable at the time, even though the expectation of an 18-inch waist. Oh, my God. 18 inches. I know people were, were smaller back then. Yeah. But, like... That's ridiculous. 18-inch waist. It was quite literally killing some women. As documented in science journals at the time, under such catchy titles as death from tight lacing and effects of tight lacing. They called it tight lacing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, women were dying of it. They were literally dying to have a snatched waist. That's crazy. Insane. That is Incredible. I mean, it just yeah. goes to show the lengths that people will go to to mm-hmm. achieve as something that is, I don't know, society has, man, put all these pressures on women to look a certain way, yeah. and they are literally yeah. dying for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. That hasn't changed. Uh, no, no, it has not. And we'll go no. over that for sure. Yeah, no, no, it has not. Don't, do not be, do, do not be deceived. Um, in China, ver, uh, during the Tang Dynasty, a young woman named Yang was so beautiful that she quickly became the highest ranking imperial concubine, which is where the Disney portion of this story ends because the emperor at the time was so infatuated with her that he shirked all his duties to hang out with her. Which eventually, like for obvious reasons, led to disarray and corruption within his kingdom. But the real shitty part is that rather than his taking blame for his own negligence, Yang was forced to commit suicide literally for being too hot. For being too hot to handle. And you might think it's unfair. You might think this is unfair because it was actually the emperor who was both responsible for the doing of his duties and therefore the subsequent decline of his nation when he failed to do his own goddamn job. But at the same time, you got to wonder, what was she wearing, you know? Oh my I'm just gosh. saying. Just playing devil's advocate over here. Like, was she walking around with a little 18-inch waist? Like, what was he supposed to do? You know? You know? Tiny little feet? But what, uh... You know? Huh. Yeah. Um... So this idea that there has always been a socially acceptable way for a woman to look and that said look is connected to her capacity for achievement in this world is, uh, it's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. And that also that she would be subsequently held accountable for being too hot and causing men to act poorly in an irresponsible or even a violent way. Um, Yeah, it's really fucked up. I gotta see this chick. Well, I need to see this guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Also, um, he would probably be pretty unremarkable for the day because men of the day and men of today still get to act in this way and we don't really hold them accountable. Bill Cosby! But the fuck-uppery continues. These beauty ideals are so culturally ingrained in us. As yeah. this 2018 study found, even identifying when images have been digitally altered, so even when an image has been photoshopped to achieve an unattainable body, that knowledge does little to nothing to reduce the aspiration to achieve that unattainable body ideal. So, like, it, it's still impossible. And in this study, they showed people and women pictures uh-huh. that had been digitally altered to like get the whatever ideal body image they were going for and mm. they told them these have been digitally altered this is not physically uh-huh. possible right and it didn't alter their feelings uh, or their expectations that they should look that right. way and that they wanted to look that way it's literally impossible and we still want it wow wow like- yeah just Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, like, these aren't abstract people. These aren't, like, extremist people. Like, these are regular people. I am these people. I am these people. I, I, I think know- it's amazing. Like, 2018, you know, we feel like we've <laughs> at least taken a yeah. step forward in there. <laughs> yeah. But no. N- not really. No, and I feel like it's even... I feel like right now, specifically right now, 2021, in summer 2021, it's especially bad because 
so many of us are coming out of quarantine. We're coming out of mm-hmm. this pandemic. We're coming out of this collective trauma that we've all been experiencing. And our bodies are different. Right. Our bodies are different because our life has been different and the stress level has been different for me, incredibly increased. Um, and for yeah. a lot of people increased and our sedentary lifestyles and the inability to access for many of us a gym or go work out or take a goddamn fucking walk around the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I've put on weight. I know a lot of people have put on weight and I feel like that's the most normal thing under the circumstances. I don't think anyone should be shamed for it. At the same time, I shame myself for it. I feel like, what have you been doing? <laughs> like, yeah. you know? And I know no, my body right. looks... Yeah. It's funny how the expectation is to have, like, you know, a woman's figure, but muscularly toned, but not too toned, you know? Right. <laughs> Um, and yet we've been in a, like you said, very sedentary pandemic where if they're like, stay at home, don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go anywhere, Um, but also, and like wrestle with all of the stress of realizing how fragile you are and how fragile your body is. And, you know, have two surgeries in 2020 on top of that, if I'm just speaking of my, to myself. And just manage it all. Manage the stress, manage the expectation, manage the fear of your life. (laughs) Again, after already doing cancer. But also, you know, look hot and keep it up and like, but not too hot. You know, you don't want emperors not doing their job because you're so hot. Mm -hmm. Because then you got to kill yourself. That would be irresponsible. It's so messed up. And on top of that, on top of all of that, and this will shock no one. But it's racist as hell. A 2015 study published in the Journal of Black Psychology looked at a focus group of 31 African-American women. They're all college students at Southwestern University. Found that black women continue to feel held hostage by white beauty standards, which see them as unattractive and unfeminine. So. This article is is totally so worth reading. Weird. Well, it's that blows my it's mind. Sy- it's systemic and it and it does blow your mind, but then you read this article in full and you mm-hmm. read the narratives of the women cuz it was a survey study and it wasn't just okay. like quantitative like on a scale of one, like on a Likert scale. It was narratives. So these wow. 31 and like yes, 31 is a small um, sample size for a lot of studies, but if you're going to mm-hmm. look at narratives, right? It's it's really not, and so it's worth reading this study in full because of the narratives of these women. One woman recounted her interactions with um, one particular coworker, a white woman, who like just could not get the concept of extensions or straighteners or any of that, and even after. This the 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 student that participated in the study painstakingly explained to her it's still like an ongoing conversation of confusion for her. Basically, basically, it's a repeated microaggression that sends the same message. Your hair is not normal. 
Therefore, it's okay for me to comment on it and make assumptions about you based on how it looks in comparison largely to white beauty standards. So That's crazy. I it's, I actually It is, but it's not. Yeah. No, you're right. No. You know, totally. like I bet you've seen this. I, it doesn't Chris Rock has a, have a show called Good Hair? Yes, I watched it. Yes. So I was like, bit, after watching that, I was like, yes. Oh, I just it's on Netflix right now. Actually, Chris Rock, Good Hair. I think it's from like 2009 or something. Yep. So it's a little bit yep. dated, but it still holds up, I think. And it's oh, for sure. it's from a it's from a guy's perspective. It's from Chris Rock, but he does interview yep. a lot of women, a lot of black women, yep. and they talk about their hair and these expectations mm-hmm. that you can form to this very like European white standard of hair, which is straight. And honestly, and now I'm just going to compare uh, having a history of breast cancer to being black in America, which I think is very mm. problematic. But hear me mm. out. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. So a lot of women after chemo, they mm-hmm. come back with this curly, unruly head of hair. And mm-hmm. what do we do? We, what do we, we do? We touch it. We straighten it. Yeah. We straighten it. A lot of us do. I don't because mm-hmm. I can't be bothered. And also, my unruly curly hair happens to conform to a subset of what is culturally acceptable hair for a woman mm. to have. But think about, right. think about all the questions you get about your hair after you have chemo and people know that you've had chemo. Oh, yeah. oh, was it curly before? Is it just curly yeah. like that all the time? Like, how was it? Is it thicker or whatever? They want to touch it. Like, imagine yeah. that's just your life all, all the, the time. time. All the time. And you know what? White women, white women, white women, bring it in close. Come, mm-hmm. come a little closer so I can tell you something. It's very important. Mm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Stop. Stop. Touching black women's hair. Yeah, stop it. That's stop. Nice. Stop touching black children's hair. In fact, mm. just to be safe, don't touch anybody's hair that has not expressly no. asked you to do so under no form of duress. Okay? That's just valid advice. It. Nobody wants that. Strong advice. No, it's yeah. weird. Why would you think that that would be acceptable? It's like nobody comes up to you and asks if they can touch your hair. So why would you do that to someone else? It, it is exactly know. what this woman outlined in the study. That because her hair as an African-American woman is different, it's other than. Mm-hmm. The narrative from her with this coworker is uh-huh. insane. It's insane. Like questions like, you know, she she got her hair done in a long style. She Uh has shorter hair, shorter. And she got extensions put in and she came into work and it was just started a whole nother train of questions by her coworker. And she was just like, whoa. Well, like, yeah. and, And it was kind of in her narrative. She was like, it's hair. It's not magic. It's just hair. Right. So, and also just that it's an ongoing thing. What it is, this is, this is like a key 
if if people struggle with the idea of like what a microaggression is, this is uh-huh. that. This is a microaggression. This is a continual revisitation and reminder to this African American woman that her hair is is different, is not normal, and has to be explained. Has to be and for a woman who has Google. Yeah. Like it's That's unacceptable. Weird. Yeah, there are documentaries. There are, I mean, I just, just don't. Okay, like, Mm -mm. stop. Please stop. stop. Yes, Hmm. use the power of Google to find out what is happening with black women's hair near you. Do not make this the job of that one black woman that you know from the office down the hall. That's not her job to educate you. You don't know her like that. I'm almost positive Mm -hmm. you don't know her like that. You know? Yeah. I had one woman who was awesome to me when I lost my hair. And we were not close friends. We were coworkers. And she worked in a different department that was not even in the hospital. But she brought me a couple of things. Like, I didn't know. I When I went to high school, I went to predominantly white high school. I know that's shocking to everybody. <gasps> I lived a predominantly white life. I'll just say that. What? But I had, like... Two black friends, maybe three, you know, and the one girl was telling me because I was like, and I did. I asked stupid questions about her hair because, you know, garbage person. But she did tell me because I was like, how do you get your bun so perfect? It was just like a perfect bun. And I wanted that. And I didn't know how she was doing it. And she's like, oh, there's a sock in my hair. I was like, what? Yeah. She's like, yeah. Yeah. She goes, you just take a, like a sock and you feed it into itself. And then you make a ponytail and you pull the sock down and then you comb your hair over the sock and it makes like the perfect um, bun. Yeah. My mind was blown. I had no idea. And like, I didn't really have Google back then, mm-hmm. which is my um, faulty excuse. But like, she was very cool about it with me. Um, which, you know, what choice did she have? Uh, but, but at work, you know, when I started like wrapping my head, um, one woman that I worked with who is a black woman, she kind of gave me some tips because she would often kind of use hair wraps as well. And in like a professional way, she was in a very professional job. She was like head of her department and she said that her, she and her sisters are all like, they constantly have a weave, but occasionally if she wants to take a break she'll like wrap her head and then she gave me a couple tools actually and one of them was like that sponge that you can make a bun out of a headscarf with and that was very helpful and then another one um was like one to help like with a twist look anyway she was fabulous to me and I really appreciate that and um if you you know like but you gotta know someone like that you can't just Put that on someone else, you no, know, not a, a random stranger who doesn't know you. No, and also reciprocate. Right, like she could ask me anything about. She asked me a question about my port. She asked me questions about like, and I just told her anything because I was like, "Yeah, we are on these terms now." Like I, right. you know. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I did a Google search, and what I like put in the Google search box is history of the ideal body and there were no count them zero results involving 
the male body. Wow. None. I did eventually find a result from the male body um, out of the UK, and it was an article about male body expectations. So it does exist. I know it does exist. Yeah. And someone should really talk about it because we're not going to do that now. Um, Also worth mentioning, we are not going to spend time debunking the theory that the ideal body, as dictated by the male gaze, is somehow linked to a primal need for procreation because there are numerous, (laughs) numerous... A numerous, and I will link them all in the show notes, sources demonstrating that it really boils down to a power differential and how, in fact, peak fertility in a woman with extra body fat, lots of body hair, and decades out of adolescence. So get out of here with your (laughs) he's marrying a younger, thinner woman because cavemen times and, and ticking clocks. Sort yourself out. You do not have a leg to stand on. I have no time for you. Moving on. Having said all that, (laughs) and believing as I do that body ideals are a sham for all involved, I am not impervious, and I know we've already talked about this, but I am not impervious to this influence, and I hate it, and I also want my body to look different than it does right now. Uh, Yeah. I understand that, too. It is weird that the expectations that we put on ourselves, whether it be culturally or whether it be from you know social media um mm-hmm. or just from your upbringing you know like what your mother told you you know like oh my god even oh god growing up i remember and i mom i love you i know that she <laughs> never ever meant to like make me feel like um bad but you know, if, if I were going through a phase where I was, you know, hormonal or whatever, and I was gaining mm. a little weight, she'd be like, Ooh, Hey honey, you're, you're gaining a little weight. And I'd be like, Oh, oh my God, mom. Okay. Mom. Thanks. Like it was always like, why are you telling me this? Um, but I, but that also comes from upbringing. And also my mom was, um, she was a ballerina for several years and mm. that was the focus of her, her life for a long time. Like there's a specific expectation for a ballerina's body. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know that she had struggled with that. She even told me my mom had an eating disorder when she was young just mm. trying to achieve um, a specific look. Now, hers was definitely more um, specific to a ballerina's body. She wanted to look a certain way, like a, like a ballerina. Yeah. And a ballerina looks a certain way um, just in her mind. And, um, and I'm sure if you talk to other ballerinas they probably tell you the same thing because you never see you know well you might now but um the expectation of a ballerina's body was very specific back in that day and um they're luckily now making some changes to the way um people perceive that but at the same time like you know your upbringing has something to do with your own perception of your own body. Like the way your parents or your mother or your brother or sister or whoever. Um, and then also comparing yourself. Like, why do we, why do we do that? 
our bodies are different, <laughs> you know? Why do we compare, you know, my, your body to mine, you know? Because How can you do that? We're conditioned to compare. There's no yeah. way to, like, extricate the cultural expectations of a woman's body and what it should look like and, like, the very few body types that you're allowed to have and still be considered I mean, valuable. It's value. It's always been value. It's always been currency for women to look a certain way. And again, yes, there are expectations on men to look a certain way. And someone should really talk about that because we're not going to do it here. Nope. We're going to talk about women's bodies <laughs> and how it's just such a huge deal. And it's a huge deal when you're trying to decide whether you want to go flat or whether you want to opt for reconstruction, it's a huge deal when you are trying to get into a workout routine after you've had two surgeries during a fucking pandemic and you can't get a <laughs> consistent workout routine going and you start feeling bad because you think, if I don't exercise, am I going to get cancer again? It's not even oh. just about any more weight and shape mm -hmm. it's this idea that there's like a a a level of wellness that you have to achieve and if you're not yeah. achieving that then like whatever happens to you is just what you should expect because you weren't eating kale all day and exercising 7 days a week twice a day you know <laughs> too much yeah. bread oh carbs i love carbs I have carbs every goddamn day, but you know what? I was born, well, I was born a fat baby, but like, you know, I, I grew up skinny. I grew up in a skinny family. My body yeah. is predisposed to be skinny. And I am thin. And I don't really try so damn hard to be thin. I am not very strong. <laughs> I have to try real damn hard to be strong, and I'm not trying that hard. It's just different, and there's so many reasons yeah. why. But we talked about exercising, and exercising is a huge deal because they link it to recurrence a lot right. of cancer, either, you know, yeah. the lack of. And so let's let's get into that because, yes— Exercising can reduce your chances of recurrence, but it's not right. that simple. So a 2020 study of over 1,300 participants with stage 1, 2, and 3 type breast cancers published in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute found that even doing 2.5 hours per week of moderate exercise can reduce your chances of recurrence by up to 46% oh, wow. and mortality rate by 43%. So these rates were even lower among women who exercised regularly prior to diagnosis. Okay. So a history of, of exercising at least two and a half you know, hours a week, you're already set up for success. Um, a 2016 study published through NCBI looking at 33 randomized controlled trials, so this study looked at a bunch of other studies, um, uh, suggested that exercise improved quality of life, mental well-being, you know, a lot of things that we've been told, including a reduction in anxiety and depression symptoms, lowered serum uh, concentration of insulin as well. Um, and I then, can attest to that, girl. 
Yeah? If I have a long day at work and I go to karate after work mm-hmm. and I focus on just that and I exercise and I get home and yes, I'm exhausted from a long day, but I feel so much better. Yeah. I just don't have the same kind of like tightness in my chest from just the workload that I have on my regular day to Mm. exercise. And that has really, for me, been my history. You know, I, I think I've said this before, like when I, even when I was young and I was just, um, in a bad mood or acting, acting up, my mom would be like, uh, go for a jog because I needed to, you know, I needed to exercise because definitely specifically for me, it helps my mood. Mm. It helps, you know, it just helps mentally like with my focus and, and also staying calm and, and I can let all of my, you know, frustrations and I just release them with exercise. Mm. And karate helps because there's a lot of punching and kicking. I know. <laughs> and no. screaming. I scream a lot in karate. So is it the screaming or the exercise? Because I can just scream on my own is what I'm saying. Okay. So if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm coming to your house and I'll be standing behind you the whole time. Um, so a 2021 study uh, set out to evaluate weight fluctuations among black and white breast cancer survivors to see if there were impacts on survival rate. And it found that sustained weight loss was a strong predictor of worse outcomes up to and including death. What? And here, yes. So, yes, there are these studies out there. And yes, we need to be critical when we read them. Because here's, here's where we need to revisit the concepts of correlation versus causation. A sustained weight loss can be a strong predictor of recurrence and advanced disease. Whoa. Which we know this because if you are an oncology nurse, you know that a lot of the times when your patients come in with advanced disease, they have, like, it's one of the screening questions. Have you had an unexplained oh, weight yeah. loss yeah. in the last 30 days? Right. So mm-hmm. even though that previous study set out to look at racial disparities as part of the study, they found that associations were not modified by race age at diagnosis, or, and maybe most importantly, pre-diagnosis weight. Mm. So the significance I see here is this. Although exercise does seem to be associated with better outcomes for breast cancer survivors, more and more research related to weight fluctuations specifically is finding that actual weight or BMI, the body mass index, is not associated with better outcomes More and more evidence is emerging that makes it clear there is no healthy weight. There is no unilateral healthy BMI. And in fact, the investigative journalists over at Good Housekeeping, (laughs) 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 and more specifically, a journalist and fitness coach named Adele Jackson Gibson, 
wrote an article outlining the racist history of the BMI calculator and why it is not the bastion of ideal health we've all made it out to be, especially those of us in the medical community, and I include myself in this. Some of the research Adele points to in this article includes how chronic dieting can lead to heart attack and stroke, the general lack of evidence to show a causal relationship between obesity and disease, and conversely, between weight loss and cure, and the fact that 47% of people categorized as overweight are actually metabolically healthy. Wow. Yeah. Um, perhaps most insidious and damning is the part of her article that addresses how, as early as 1900, insurance companies have used body weight and um, what was labeled excess body fat to refuse coverage or impose higher premiums and even doctors have used it to refuse taking patients. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So we're learning a lot. I think. That's crazy. It, it is crazy. But think about like culturally. I mean, I'm just never. I'm saying it's crazy because yeah. I just. I'm, I never knew that. I'm, I'm. Yeah. It's just. We have to approach all of this information with a critical eye and understand that things like the BMI, the BMI calculator, um, and, and anything really, and this is where like the systemic issue of racism really comes into play in, especially in the medical community Mm -hmm. is we've used things like this to discriminate. And not just racially, but it's it's usually distilled down to and called fat phobia now, where we we shame people who we view as having excess body fat mm-hmm. when these these studies find that about half of them that we that we view as unhealthy because of their weight are actually metabolically healthy. And wow. there is no way really to look at a person. And know whether they're metabolically healthy. There are yeah. there are thin presenting people mm-hmm. who are metabolically very unhealthy. And this study oh, goes sure. into how how chronic dieting actually leads to an increased rate of heart attack and stroke. Oh, I believe and these, that. Um, among skinny people, people who look healthy, and mm-hmm. so it's just all this stuff is intertwined, and all of it affects all the rest of it. And this expectation, I don't really know if it's the act of exercising Mm -hmm. that reduces stress. I know that we are told that it releases endorphins, and I believe that because I feel like I've experienced that. Yes. But how much of that good feeling is because we're taking on ourselves the cultural expectation that we exercise to be healthy and to be pretty? Oh, and how much of that is that feeling of I did it today? I can feel good about myself because I exercise today, which is something I am told is valuable for me as a woman in this society. So a quick BSA, breast service announcement. My body, my choice is a slogan most commonly used by feminist leaning persons to denote their support of autonomy around the decision of whether or not to have an abortion. This is important since recently anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers have reappropriated this phrase to defend their decision to put other people in harm's way. 
It's important to understand that intentional or not, decoupling these types of slogans from their original intent actually strips them of their power. There's a thread under the subreddit Ask Feminists that explores this and that's worth checking out. But please be advised that your decision to aid and abet assholery in the form of a complete disregard for other human lives, not to mention science, community, the mental health of anyone who has to interact with you, and the financial burden incurred by those you infect, if they are fortunate enough to live, is super fucked up. So wear a mask or don't. Get vaxxed or don't. It is in fact your choice and you were never in danger of having that choice taken away from you. Breast Cancer is Boring will always support the rights of women, femmes, and any and all persons to make medical decisions in private and without the unsolicited input of randos, be they or be they not elected to office. Um, specifically, just to put a really fine point on it, we support a pregnant person's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. I personally also support the rights of Republican lawmakers in Texas who are clearly playing out some shitty Handmaid's Tale fan fiction to go forth and fucketh themselves. And I mean that just logistically, like there's never been a more dangerous time in history to allow a penis into your vagina. I'm getting out of the state as fast as I can. And now back to the episode. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You see I do what see saying? what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that if, if I were to go, like if I got a gym membership and I was like mm. doing one of those programs where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have six pack abs by the end of the summer, you know, and then I'd work out and I would be like, feel good about myself because I went and I completed a gym session. Totally. Yes. I could see that. Yes. I have gauged my own self-worth based on whether or not I went to yoga that day. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. I still do it. I did it this week. What? Why? Yes. I don't, uh, I can't explain this. You need to I come just, to karate with me. There's no mirrors. I mean, that no, is for damn sure. But And we're all wearing the same uniform. That's, I See, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm just like I'm a martial arts person now because Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt guilty not working out when I had cancer. When I was going through actual like active treatment, not just like hormone treatment. Yeah. I know. I know. It's messed up. It's messed up. And I'm just saying that because I think that's a shared experience and I think we all get these weird messages that there's an expectation that we do this and it's more than just like working out it's more than just like I like the way it feels when I do this mm. you know yeah. it's more no than I get just- it and I, I I agree I agree because I I'm not gonna say that I didn't do that when I was younger too because I was mm. much more obsessed with the way I looked all the yes. time yes also much- here's what I don't get here's what I don't get I am obsessed with the way I will I look naked and I I I yes And I am doing all this, like, imagining of a workout routine that would get me to a point where I would look the way I want to look naked. And then I think to myself, who who is this for? Who is this for? Like, clearly it's for you. It's for you. I mean, maybe. Is it? clearly for you. I mean, I guess so. Because I mean, who are you going to walk around? Everywhere. I mean, you could. That's what I mean. Sometimes it's frowned upon. Don't go to the grocery store like that. That'd be weird. 
how is this for me? How is this for me? <laughs> if it's just me, if I mm-hmm. if I try to completely like cut myself off from any expectations culturally, I don't fucking care what I look like. Oh. Mm-hmm. I really don't think I do. And in fact, I enjoy having a larger ass. I enjoy having hips. I enjoy having softness in my body, having soft arms and a soft tummy and like these soft places. If I'm just thinking about myself, I don't want to be like hard. Mm. I want to be soft. And I am soft. So, you know, mission accomplished. But this is why I wonder, like, where is this obsession with like how I look naked? Yeah. Why? Why am I like, oh, yeah, well, I look good in this outfit. But like if I were to like, like, what do I think is going to happen? Do I think I'm going to get into a situation where suddenly I have to take all my clothes off in order to survive and then people will be judging me? Like, I don't, the I don't understand. The majority of society is not fit. I know. Like, that's a very small group of people. I know, but, but we all, I feel like to some degree we all judge each other. By whether or not we're fit, even though we recognize it's like that study where they were like, these photos are photoshopped. You cannot attain this body. And then all the women were just like, yeah, I get it. I still want that body. It's like, yeah, like a body is not supposed like and it's almost elitist in a way. And again, these these it's no mistake that these bodied standards throughout time reflected what was most unattainable. So like. In the Victorian era, if you were extremely pale, right, you know that was a sign that you didn't have to be outside working, right. Yep. And so it was very, it was it was it was luxurious. In yeah. the Renaissance, during the Renaissance, all those paintings of those nice voluptuous women, right, you know, pale as fuck, yeah, and chubby, yeah. Because in they the had access best to food. way, because they had access to food and they did not have to right. work, no manual right. labor, right, and so. And that was what the is the attract, thing. and that was that was what was attractive because it was hard to get. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, what's the most attractive thing now? The I opposite. think culturally, <laughs> the tanned, yeah. toned, mm-hmm. you know, woman that you see who has access to like a fully stocked grocery store, mm-hmm. eats and a vegan, chef. and a, yeah, something like that. You know, <laughs> and like can work out somehow seven days a week, and I don't know how, but like, mm-hmm. it's. And it's not just unattainable because of how much money it costs to like sustain all those things. It's just like I can't I can't hold all that in my brain. I can't stress over what I'm eating. I can't like yeah. but I swear to God, I'll have a treat or sit down to a pint of no. ice cream as you feel I do. Bad about it? It somewhere in my mind, yes. Somewhere in my mind is a voice going, You don't really need to eat this. Right. Like, is this going to be worth it? Like, how are you going to offset this? The sugar. Uh, boo. That in voice this. in your head. I know. I, know. And I don't it's like very, her. Very you hard tell to her shut that to bitch like, up. Get her out. <laughs> get her out of there. Uh, voice in Jocelyn's head. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's me. I'm talking to you. Get out of there. Stop I'm it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of you. Should be. Should you look be. like you could drop kick me effectively. I'm scared. I can, actually. I've been practicing. 
I do not know where this voice came from. It just sounds like me. And I would never, I don't think, I would never say that to someone else. And in fact, I have seen, like, I appreciate a lot of different bodies. And I've seen bodies that I, when I think about myself, I'm trying to achieve. And I see those bodies out in the wild. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't look good. Out but in I the see, wild? Yeah, I know, like out in society. Oh, I was to say, like, where are you going? Where outside this... of outside of TV, magazine, commercial, YouTube, social media? Okay. When you see the actual bodies out in the world, in the world, not in the wild. I prefer out in the wild. <laughs> I prefer the look of someone who is bigger, who is like soft. It's again, it's like a, it's like a tactile thing for me. I like the okay. softness, and. But somehow I won't let myself get softer. I like have this idea that like that's not for me. I have to maintain a very specific uh, boundary around my weight. Like I weighed the last time I weighed myself at the doctor's (gasps) office. Do you do that normally? Or do you just weigh yourself at the doctor's office? No, I don't have a scale. But at the doctor, they make me weigh every time I go in. Right. And I don't like, I don't take off my shoes and take off my jacket or whatever because just give it to me straight, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, well, because I used to be a medical assistant and people who would come in, predominantly women, would take off their socks. They would take off their everything. They would try what? to undress to weigh because it was what? so anxiety producing for them because. Oh, that's sad. Yes, it is sad, and it's to- it's totally real, and it still totally exists. I don't exists. ever let the number on the scale value who I am. The number is not How my value. How do you do that? Because I do. I just don't. I, I don't. I And I have fluctuated in my weight, but I, I just, I can't. I don't have time for that crap. I don't you know, either, but somehow it sneaks in. The number on the scale does not value or give me value or is not the my value. Like I agree. I agree with you. At all. Like and people like people I, ask me how much do I weigh? I'm like, really? Yeah. I mean, I probably weigh like I don't know, 130, 125. I weigh I don't 130. Know. I have no idea. I, I weighed 130. I weighed 130 last month when I got weighed at the doctor's office, and that is five pounds over what I'm used to weighing. So what? It's five pounds. Which is about two pounds over what my target weight is. Your hair grew. <laughs> you have two pounds of hair on your head. Stay Girl, I put on a pair of jeans the other day, my most expensive pair of jeans that I bought, and when I bought them, they fit me great. I, I got them on. I got, I got them to zip. And I got them to to button. Nice, but it was so uncomfortable. Oh, I took them off them. immediately. I know, but they used to fit. See what I mean? Okay. So like, there's something. And maybe in me. they will fit again some other day. But you know, maybe they will. And you know but what? Jocelyn, I, I the, do the, have the, to the, say like, this. The pain that it causes me, like the the feeling that comes up in me, is debilitating. Okay. That so, threw me for days. Don't don't get mad at this. But okay. as a mom, I have had to get used to changes, drastic changes in my body mm. from pregnancy 
to after having the baby to second pregnancy. Mm. And in that time, I think at first they always say, oh, you're going to get back to your pre-pregnancy body. And that is a thing like Mm. among moms. There was a, it's weird. And I would have to say after my first son, um, I was a little bit bigger and I honestly was okay with my new body. And I honestly accepted it because I got rid of all these clothes that didn't fit me anymore. Cause I was like, why am I shaming myself that I can't fit into the size ridiculously small like mm-hmm. you know when I was early teens mm-hmm. and in my 20s like super Mm-mm. tiny because no. you know I hadn't had a baby yet like why is that my <laughs> expectation now I'm like uh yeah m- no like I'm 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 fine with no. my new body and but then I did end up losing weight and I was like crap <laughs> I got rid of all those clothes <laughs> No, (laughs) I did. (laughs) But, um, you know, and it's also my body has changed shape over time, too, from not just having children, but going through cancer treatment. Oh, yeah. I have way different shape body. And, you know, for me, for my own mental health, I have had I let go of who I was. I can I'm trying to let go of who I was last year. Mm. I'm a new person now. I am a different person than I was last year. And thank Mm -hmm. God I am both mentally and physically. And I'm loving the new person that I am today. And I think that is so important that all the women out there don't try to hold on to who you were yesterday because you are not allowing yourself to grow and not just physically, but just as a person, you know, accept who you are love who you are and the body that you're in and just move forward. And it has honestly like done wonders for my mind mentally because I, especially going through breast cancer, you know, you went through huge Mm -hmm. changes in your body and you just have Mm -hmm. to say, okay, that, that bitch is not me anymore. I'm the (laughs) bitch. bitch. Mm-hmm. and you just it's, gotta love her love her for yeah. all of her glory and scars and wrinkles and weird lumps and bumps that we have just and it's funny how as you have more self-love it's infectious other people will see that you have that about yourself and mm-hmm. and that becomes what's attractive about you I I want to uh, heart heart shape heart hands heart hands yes yes everything you're saying yes yes I know and it's easy and to also, say and harder it's to a do journey. Yeah. it is it is so Jocelyn is so hard I love you for who you are <laughs> and what you look like you don't have to look oh my different God. To I be don't. beautiful. No. No. I can look like this. Yes. My but- bangs that are covering the enormous zit coming through <laughs> on my forehead. 
so yeah. pissed about this. And there's another one coming out on my chin now. I haven't what? had a breakout in like over a year. Um, anyway. Yes. Everything that you're saying, yes. And also, I'm acutely aware that my weight is more than it used to. And I'm acutely aware that my cool AG jeans with the ripped knees that are high-waisted that I'm not even sure are cool anymore don't fit me right now in a way that I can breathe through. So that's hard. And let me tell you, trying on old swimsuits was fucking hard. That set me back weeks. I did it because I needed to know whether to keep them or not. Packing for a trip is fucking hard. Yeah, It's all fucking hard. And I can tell myself that it's all just me and, you know, but I cannot separate myself from this expectation that I look a certain way. And I don't know who that's for because I'm certainly not getting those messages from my husband. And I would like to think I'm not like making them up for myself just to torture myself. Yeah. Um, but I guess I wouldn't put it past me because I am weird. But, but. Okay. In conclusion, the ideal body is a sham. It's unattainable. Mm-hmm. It's classist. It's racist. And it's not worth your time. Nope. Um, I, I logically believe that. And I am ever moving toward, you know, believing that in my feelings as well. Exercising may reduce your chances of cancer recurrence, but there's no ideal body weight or body aesthetic that needs to be achieved. And exercise can mean a brisk 30-minute walk three to four times a week. Maybe try a push-up or whatever, or don't, (laughs) like me. Um, Just whatever you feel like. It's not required. Nothing is required. Tai Chi. Yoga. Let me tell you, the the mobility in my shoulder after Mm. radiation from going to yoga just you know, four days a week for the last three weeks, just the last three weeks yeah, has made a big difference. That's and that, great. that is one thing I'm really excited about. And I will keep going through my embarrassment of really not even being able to chaturanga correctly, but Hey, it's a journey. Um, the BMI is canceled. Guilt mm. over canceling your 7am workout is canceled. Yep. Um, God, while we're on a roll, what else do we want to cancel? <laughs> I think I think high-waisted non-elastic jeans are canceled for me right now. Um, Crop tops. Oh, please. I want the second so, half of my shirt. Oh, I just took a shirt. I went to my mom's house and I altered some of my clothes um, because I, I'm telling you, like, it's a thing. And I actually am pretty proud of my midsection right now. If I can, like there when I'm wearing go. the right thing, when I'm wearing the right thing, I feel damn good. But go. it's just, you know, the naked bit that is. Okay. Which again, what am I gearing up for? You know, am I doing a spread <laughs> or, in a magazine? No. Or maybe you're joining a nudist colony. But I feel like they would be the least judgy. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I absolutely, I don't know when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen, but I will, as an adult person, go skinny dipping. Okay. I will do this. Maybe All that's right. what I'm gearing up for. I'll go with and you. Oh, wait, I will do too it. Much? <laughs> but you'll come with me? Sure. No, it's absolutely not too much. I am, I am never not curious about what another woman looks like naked. <laughs> okay. And yeah. honestly... 
not so I can evaluate it in any way or compare. That's like the only time I'm not comparing. I am just okay. super curious. Because the only naked people I've ever seen, and I've seen a ton of them, are like in a medical capacity. Yeah, and no that's thank been you. A journey of its own. When they say like that vaginas are all different, like they're serious. If you've ever tried to find the urethra, I can tell you, it is, it's, it's a mystery every time. It's just like, you know, you get good at it, but, and I'm going to need to get good at it again, but it is a mystery every time. Most penises are very similar mm. and they're just a straight shot. They're pretty easy, honestly, unless you there's a prostate a issue. Shot. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Happiness, Lauren. Happiness. I can't unhear it now. Stop it. Stop it. Don't ruin that word for me. It's like, how much do we hate women? Okay. Um, don't, ru- don't ruin the word for me. I'm going to try not that to. word. Uh, any closing thoughts from you, Lauren? I feel like you gave a no, really good I pep talk I there. I think I, I, I yeah. think I've nailed that one. I feel one. like we got it. I feel like we nailed it. We got it, man. Yep. We got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Your bodies are beautiful and we love mm-hmm. you all just yeah. the way that you are. And, uh, yeah, I'm on a journey to feeling that about myself. So thank you for listening. Follow yes, us on Instagram at Breast Cancer is Boring. And talk to us and DM us. We have some awesome, awesome oh, God, I can't guests wait. coming up. It's going to be so wait. cool. So keep listening. You're awesome. Thank yes. you, thank you, thank uh-huh. you. We love you. Bye. Bye.